So we're going to pick up from where Sus left off. And um, so we're in John chapter 1. And um, we're just under the bit, that, that, the sort of headline that says, um, John the Baptist denies being the Messiah. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. So um, I'm kind of um, left that sort of magisterial introduction which is like um, deep with so much theology it's untrue and we could spend you know weeks on just that first bit of John 1. Um, one bit in fact I kind of missed in just rereading the, the commentary um, you know for for the word, the logos, to be equated with a person, Jesus, or, or you know, a person, tabernacling or tabernacling or dwelling <coughs> like a tent amongst us, um, would have been so controversial. It, you know, it would have got the, the Jews' backs up right away, and the idea that that light actually then you know came from heaven and was on the earth. Is, is shocking. So, you know, there's a lot of kind of background understanding um, that would help us realise the significance of what John is saying there. And, and the same is true of when um, Jesus comes for baptism, because um, this baptism um, is, is a new phenomenon on the scene. And John the Baptist um, was obviously known um, as kind of the chief, chief baptizer, but there were others. Um, we're told that you know, there were others in um, Acts 19. If you remember, um, Paul comes across some people in Ephesus who have been baptized um, but haven't received the Spirit. So there's that sense um, there that some of these may have been part of these groups who were being baptized in the Jordan, but. Right from the onset um, of John's ministry, he's known as, as the baptizer. But what's unusual about John, apparently, so I'm told, is that he baptized people. Um, not, he didn't just kind of perform it 
on himself as a, a personal um, redemption or, or um, repentance of sins. But he baptised others. And so he then ga- gathered disciples. And that was a new thing. And we know that he had other disciples because Jesus nicked a few. And um, there was you know, crowds there. Hence Jesus could kind of come along with his disciples and sort of mingle in the crowd and, um, and, and be par- partially anonymous. And that's the kind of scene that we get. And so what is the significance of this baptism? Um, well, it is clearly, uh, and, and it comes out in John's Gospel probably more than the others, it is a symbolism of Israel passing through the Jordan on the way to the Promised Land, um, which is the, you know, the scene that we've set up in our um, Sunday services, isn't it, with Deuteronomy, of Moses preparing them to cross the Jordan. It is um, a, almost a reenactment of them crossing from out of Egypt into um, the desert as well, and the Red Sea. And that water, that kind of going through the water, is representing washing. And it, 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 washing has always been um, part and parcel of um, becoming clean, being washed clean um, from the sins. But it's more than that. It's not just a personal um, washing away of a personal sins. It, for the forgiveness of sins, it's more a corporate thing. So it's 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 almost emerging a group of um, disciples and people called out of Israel that has not succeeded. So if you remember, you know, God has has tried and tried and tried again to get a people living after Him, and He's used foreign powers. He's used um, the wilderness. He's used exile and they've come back from exile and still they are not um, living as they should. So hence the prophets always kind of retreated from, to the desert out of the people. And typically, you know, they lived a very frugal life and John is identifying with those prophets or that prophetic line. He's wearing... Um, a hairy cloak. He is eating locusts. He is, you know, living off the land, and hence, hence he is vegan, and hence they are you know, saying, "Is this Elijah?" Now, the significance of that is that their their understanding of the, um, the Messiah coming um, and um, heaven breaking in is that Elijah would return before the Messiah. And um, they also think, well, maybe he's also the, the Messiah. He clearly identifies that he is not, whereas in the other synoptic Gospels, they, they kind of leave it a little bit more open. Um, but Jesus says he was an Elijah. He's, you know, it, he's not Elijah, but he is in the, the mould and the, the line of Elijah, and therefore he is 
um, playing that role of heralding the king. And um, he is the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. So that kind of repentance act is like, okay, now I'm baptizing you, go sin no more. But actually he's also teaching them how not to sin and, and teaching them how to live. Um, and it's, it's a calling out. Now, here's where I'm going to borrow from the other Gospels, because um, in Matthew, th- th- this scene is in all four Gospels. So that's significant, I think, as well. Whenever you get, get all four accounts, it's kind of added weight, isn't it? Um, John the Baptist's ministry is, is, is really important in signifying that this is the Messiah coming. Um, and that preparation work that must go on. Um, in Matthew's Gospel, and I think this is in one of the others as well, um, it says, I baptise with water, um, but the one who's to come, Jesus, will baptise with fire and the Holy Spirit. So again, there's this kind of double baptism thing going on. One is repentance, um, like the baptism of John, but the second one will be Pentecost and the baptism by fire and of the Holy Spirit. And hence you get in Acts, um, you know, the early church, some had undergone the first baptism, um, but not until Paul lays on his hands that the, the Spirit is imparted and they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a greater baptism. <coughs> so, I want us just to um, um, just think for a moment. Um, I, I just sense that, that there's always, um, we have a role of being the voice of, of one's calling in the wilderness. We're not Elijah. Um, but we are heralds of the king wherever we go we're introducing and we're preparing the way for Jesus and um, there may be a a prophetic sense in the way we live and the way we act that is is needed in in, uh, the places where we work and and have our being Um, There is a need for us to to come in repentance, always. So just think uh, where you need to come humbly before God, um, if you like, to receive that um, baptism of repentance and that forgiveness of sins. But then also um, ask him where you need um, just that fresh inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that second baptism um, that empowers you, um, that emboldens you and um, <coughs> gives you um, the words to say um, to those who are perishing. <coughs>